Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing. <laughs> Works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. So today on Vulnerable, I have the opportunity and pleasure of speaking with Jill Duggar Dillard. We are speaking to her through Zoom. She is in Arkansas, parenting her three children, of course. And it worked out perfectly because her book has just come out in September 2023. And I'm just really happy that we were able to make this work. Uh, We had a lot of parallels, of course, uh, being moms, um, sort of growing up in the spotlight. And I don't really have to give you a trigger warning because... I'm not doing gotcha journalism. I'm just creating a space with Vulnerable that is a place for people to sit, chat, connect, and create um, a healthy community focused on mental health. So I hope you will enjoy this episode of Vulnerable. Jill, how are you? Mama? Good. Yeah, yeah. I've got my coffee here. Yes, so me I'm too. Doing great. Same. We're having an actual <laughs> mom coffee. Latte. Mom coffee date. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's And what do you? You have a pumpkin spice latte? I do, yes. Okay. You know, anytime it's getting cool mm-hmm. and whatever, yeah. you've got to have <laughs> something hot. It's it's a whole aesthetic. I don't know if you know this, the pumpkin spice life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the posts and everything. You're like, I'm aware. I'm aware. Do you have a do you have a Stanley? Do you have a Stanley cup? No, I don't, but I do have um my trusty water here. There you go. It's not quite as big as a Stanley. Just so. hydrate yourself. It doesn't matter what container it comes in. There's yes. There's well, a... and I'm still breastfeeding, so, you know. Yes, you definitely Gotta need. Got to keep the ratio. Yes. Oh, remind me, how old you have? Is it three now? Is... We have three boys. Okay. Yeah, so our oldest is eight, and our youngest just turned one this summer. Okay. So I have a six and a, a, six and a half and a four and a half year old. Girls. Okay. Girls. Oh, yeah. We're a boy house over uh, here. Boy so mom. Boy boys. mom. It's so far, boy mom. But like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you want to have. Do you, I mean, if I, by the way, whatever you feel like comforting to talk about. Please oh, yeah, just know, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to hang out with you. And I'm just so I feel very blessed that you were able to come on today and for it to work out with your very busy schedule. So this is so cool. And I just want to hang out and chat. I actually thought your husband was also going to be, is he around in the house? He's probably with the kids. No, he's at work, actually. Okay. I wish he could have been here. He, okay. um, He's an attorney. He's a prosecutor. So his schedule's a little hectic sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, he tries to jump on interviews whenever he can. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what's, it's like, what's that like? It gets a little crazy. Okay. Yeah. I was, so, I was really thinking about y'all's love story. And I was like, what's that like? First of all, okay. First of all, I have a husband who uh, has also really seen me through some really trying, uh, life-changing moments. Um, yeah. And uh, 
what 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 struck me most about the cover of your book, uh, mm -hmm. your second book, by the way, uh, yes. was 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 you guys and and just I wanted to kind of look at that and observe that because I I can understand that intimately. What's it like yeah. for you guys to be like doing this? <laughs> yeah, so I definitely um, feel you on that supportive husband thing. So um, yeah, even it was it was kind of funny because even when we were taking the pictures for the cover and trying out like you know different, they're like pose this way or that way. That was um, what the photographer had labeled like supportive husband um, pose. So I, I loved it. And I was like, yes, I was, I was so happy whenever that one was the one that we chose for the cover. And um, because that really is who Derek is to me. So Derek, um, just through the ups and downs that we've lived together in our short, almost 10 years of marriage, um, it just, yeah, he's definitely been that to me. And yeah. he has always pointed me back, back to Jesus and been mm -hmm. my rock. and. Mm -hmm. um, just he's a good man he's that like that constant steady yeah he's a definitely. good man do you, you feel like he's a good man very much a good man yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's funny because my husband wasn't always a good man he was a I mean he was a good man for our country he was a mean marine veteran but like he's mm -hmm. he's really grown so much in that he has stood by me through alcoholism and mm -hmm. um you know uh just so many various things that I've had to make peace with in my life and find my own higher power, mm -hmm. so to speak, you know, and yeah, I was raised Catholic and, um, kind of, I've been wanting to come back to, to, you know, my own version of it's it, I can understand <laughs> a piece, a piece of what it's yes, like yes. to kind of try to grow past yourself and then be like, how do I mm -hmm. reconcile, you know, with that very, like, to pick out the good pieces kind of right. So like the roses and the thorns, like, that's one thing that I talked about in the book where um, there are happy parts to your story, right? So like you can take those happy parts and enjoy those, but then also sort through and weed through um, the more difficult parts. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a parent too, I talk about dysregulation a lot now. <laughs> because <laughs> with like the gentle parenting that we kind yes. of, as millennials are all kind of understanding and it's like you know we're all cycle breaking right like that's like yeah a huge identifying thing for our entire generation especially women and I guess a men too because men are coming to terms with having big feelings right and being like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not just gonna play into talk okay right toxic masculinity yeah and you have boys yeah. and it's like raising mm -hmm. them to feel their feelings right and and yes. have and have autonomy and what's it like to to be in that world yeah. To be the leader, to be <laughs> the, the leader. world of boys over here. Yeah. No pressure. So actually, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because in my husband's direct line, there have not been any girls born in like mm. 130 years. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So he's like, good luck. Good luck ever having a girl. <laughs> well, they say that God gives you what you can handle. I don't know if that's true, Jill. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but it's so much fun. I mean, yeah. literally, I'm like walking into the one room and they have booby traps, you know, taped up above the door for me. And, um, and then they have like yesterday, they were trying to glue a DVD case to their desk. And I'm like, guys, this is not OK. Like, <laughs> We have to have boundaries. 
I've, I've got, got to set kids, my boundaries. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun. I love yeah. being a boy mom. I love um, just the environment and the fun. Uh, but yeah, like teaching them also, like you're saying, to feel their feelings, but also to think about other people's feelings and keep that in check, but not to just um, suppress all of their feelings either. Yeah. Why were we, I mean, obviously with your family, every, every, and this is the other thing, everybody's family dynamic is unique. Um, yeah. It, no, there is no normal, would you say? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? When you think of the mosaic of the American family, like life. Yeah. I think that they're, everybody's got their crazy. I mean, it's just to the degree that you know, everybody, you can always compare yourself to others. Um, I don't think that's always wise. Like, I think everybody's experiences should be validated as well. Um, and just because you're crazy isn't as bad as somebody else's doesn't mean that that should silence you either. Um, so I think you should process and feel those feelings. But um, yeah, as far as normal, I don't think there's any such thing as like, complete normal. Um I mean, everybody's going to have a different life and it's going to look different. And yeah, so yeah. Yeah. And then what I've what I've actually found really interesting in talking about cycle breaking is that um, there's been sort of a collective consciousness to walk away from toxic people, specifically like Mm. family members. And uh, I'm kind of curious, have you seen that outside of your journey, too? Totally. Where people who have not even grown up like I have, um, totally different background, have the same struggle walking away from toxic people and trying to process that. And is that okay? And all of those feelings, you know, um, or just what do healthy boundaries look like? It's a constant struggle. So Mm -hmm. I've definitely had conversations with people who have said the same thing. Yeah, I've had a hard time like, putting some distance, even if it's for a short time Mm -hmm. between people. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that might be something that just generationally too, Mm -hmm. where one, like way back, it may have not even been talked about at all. And then maybe it was talked about, but it's under this, like, well, you can distance yourself from everybody else, like Mm -hmm. friends, coworkers, whoever, but like family, like you can never do that. Yeah. So I think that, um, that's something in our generation that's definitely helpful and talked about where, no, like you do have to think twice about it, even when it's family and even um, people that are close to you, friends, um, whatever, like you have to be healthy mm-hmm. in the end. And mm-hmm. if that means distancing yourself from family for a period of time, as you kind of like disentangle, as my sister would say, disentangle things. Um, I think that that is healthy in some respects and sometimes you just need honestly you just like need some space you know like they might need space too right literally I've disentangled myself twice from my family over the years and there have been massive repercussions on both sides I mean Mm. the fact that when you get to that place and you know I've had sort of that like child actor background of a stage parents and Mm. whatever and they and they were all limited in in their experience too right but Mm -hmm. it was like I had to take the space. And even during that time, I didn't necessarily use that time to my benefit, but Mm -hmm. I have done that a couple times over. And each time that I did it was extremely important to my growth. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's great. It's actually great. I suggest it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. I think like, um, you know, people always talk about finding yourself and all that. But I think also just surrounding yourself with people who are where you want to be. And so for us, that meant getting a therapist and him helping us kind of walk through life. And we just had a session with him recently and just like regrouping and uh, like processing things and asking questions, somebody to bounce things off of who's kind of removed from the, from the situation. Yeah, so that's course. always super helpful. So I'm a big since, advocate for therapy. Yes. Okay. I bet. Things. So since the books come out in September and it's on, you know, New York times mm-hmm. bestselling list, um, have you gone to therapy to like kind of process all of this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we have. So it was super helpful because I told my husband, you know, you kind of like it's it's almost like bracing for impact. Your book comes out, you're on this high, and then um, and then you're of course me. I'm still dealing with like the whole people pleasing thing as well. Yeah. So I'm like anticipating responses, and that uses a lot of energy. So I'm much. Like, okay, I need to just like. And meanwhile, chill you're a still little. a mom to your kids. Like you're still trying to like. Yes. So all this Bumping. like. Hey, you have as much support as you have hate coming your way, right? <laughs> a little more support. Good. Um, it's just the harder part is like the people that are closer to me who I do love, you know, my family. I just, I want to, I want them to know that I love them. So yeah. even though I am having to say difficult things um, as part of my story, I'm not trying to tell other people's stories, but sometimes there are difficult things that need to be said. So I, I, um, by the way, Jill, I completely understand this and I'm sorry. I don't mean to be like, make about me, but I am like wanting to hang with you. I like hearing we're having a coffee date. Um, sometimes people like haters want to be like, why doesn't she just let her, her guests be? No, it's great. Don't listen to them. Yeah. Thank you, girl. Thank you. But for (laughs) real, like I shared a thing about, um, me having body image issues not too long ago and it brought some stuff up for one of the people in my, my family And I was like, this is my truth. You know, I can't help that like page six picked it up and then reworded it. You know, vulnerable is really this like. It's your story. It's a unicorn space for me, right? It's like, I haven't done a memoir yet. And by the way, shout out to Simon and Schuster. They are killing it with you, Jeanette McCurdy's book. Like, and they've actually been in talks with me at times. I love them. I love how, how's your experience been with them and getting, getting through that process with your editor and everything. Yes. They've been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Gallery and Simon & Schuster, they've been great to work with. Nice. I, ho- I hope I can work with them, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JK, JK. <laughs> but, okay, so let's talk about where you're at now, I guess. Like, how's the book, how's, the, how's being famous again, essentially? Like, you kind of put yourself back out there. And is that re-triggering? Um, how has it been for you? Yeah, it definitely has been hard on that front of it, you know, Mm -hmm. like being in the spotlight and then, um, kind of taking a step back and having more privacy and then writing a book where it does, um, bring up some very vulnerable areas of my life. So I, um, 
have had to process that and talk through with Derek and have a few cry sessions Aww. where I'm just like, oh, like, yeah, you know, and then, but even though it's been a positive thing and people have really had a lot of helpful things to say and they've kind of come and said like, here's my story. Um, this is where I felt like your book really, really helped me. Mm. It's also been hard, you know, the volume of that, um, yeah. hearing everybody's story. Yeah. So the trauma, it's, been, it's trauma dumping sometimes that really takes yeah. it out on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I did not anticipate that. So, um, yeah, that it's been very, very helpful um, to hear that feedback from people because that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to help other people. I wanted to um, not just tell my story to kind of be the one to have my voice and my story out there mm-hmm. because it's always being told for me, but just um, to also help other people who may have gone through similar things and similar mm-hmm. situations. I mean, like mm-hmm. growing up on TV and um, not having a whole lot of privacy and um, then you're trying to deal with, which you can probably relate to this, you know, trying to mom and feel like, okay, what, what do I want to be out there with my kids? What, how do I navigate social media? All of those things. Right. So that's a constant struggle for everyone. Yes. You know, it truly is like there, I know people and it's weird that a lot of the people that I've interviewed that have been fierce advocates for, you know, keeping your children off the internet don't have kids. And I'm like, but there's a, mm. but a Christmas holiday photo. Like I, I really want to post it. They look really yeah. good. And, or, you know, and it's, so it's hard. Cause it's like, we've been there, we've done that. And it's not like we're fully signing up to do a, a reality show with our kids, you know, but it's yeah. like, yeah. I, I just want the access to that life with, with my family to be proud of it. Yeah. In, a, in like a normal yeah. way. So if it's part of your life, then how do you go about like, do you totally exclude them? Do you like involve like Christmas photos? Yes. Like, where do you draw the line? Well, it's that hard, okay. Right? So good so, point. You're, ma- you're making a really great point. So let's talk about like the monetization, right? Aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like I was, I was playing and toying around and actually uh, have friends that are in the family vlogging community. Um, and, and, and it was, and it was really fascinating to look at that. As I was mm-hmm. becoming sort of like a mommy, I was like, um, I did a lot of like mom content, right? When I first started okay. doing sponsored stuff and now I'm here, but it's like, it yeah. started there and then it ended up into me doing my own thing. So less and less, I'm trying to have them in, in my content and yeah. have, my, have your own voice, right? So what do you make of, you know, there was a recent legislation, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, in Iowa. Did you hear about mm. it? Oh, please, no. look, please look this up, please. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it was just past Illinois. I, it's the other I state. Okay. So it's Illinois <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically like the Coogan law, but for, okay. but for, um, children influencers. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm writing this down. Okay. So it's, and, and, and it's probably going to extend to anybody who's sort of like on YouTube and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that sort of reality, uh, that's very real nowadays. And so it's like, yeah, I think that it's going to be taken to different states now because it was successfully passed. And, 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 you know, what you're doing is you're creating a really great social pressure on people mm-hmm. that would be able to make the real difference in the, in the legal system too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, yes. are you ready for that? Like, do you want to take your message to, <laughs> or is it mostly just living within the book journey right now? I'm taking it one step at a time. So I'm like, yeah, I, I did have somebody reach out to me who 
um, their kids are very involved in uh, on a YouTube channel. And she was like, I'm going like after reading your book, she's like, I'm going to advocate more for my kids. Um, so that was touching to me. And yeah, just having grown up, like you were saying, grown up on TV and a lot of times your parents just don't know how to handle everything too. I think as it comes about and they're kind of thrust into it, whether you make it or break it, you know, whatever. So, um, uh, yeah, with my family. Do you have sympathy for your, for your parents now that you're like a mom of multiple kids? Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. I think like to some degree, I cannot imagine having nearly 20 kids and all of that. I'm like navigating everything. I'm like, I do not have it all figured out. I never, (laughs) I never claim to. So, um, yeah, my kids are still very young, so I definitely am not gonna try and like parent for them or whatever. But I think going forward, Derek and I are having those conversations and kind of saying like, what is okay for us with our kids and, we had a YouTube channel that we were posting a lot of our kids. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. And um, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And like on social media. So when I was kind of making that decision and talking about it with my husband, mm-hmm. he was like, do what you feel comfortable with, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good idea where we just kind of took a step back. And I was like, until I know more, mm-hmm. I'm just going to err on the side of not posting quite as much, not like never, but just trying not to involve my kids a whole lot. Right. And, um, like not I le- you're too, not if, leaning on it essentially. It's like that idea if you of, become like, dependent on your kid. That's where I feel like it can be very difficult to yeah. draw that line past that. If you're dependent on your kids for their content or their lives or their ups and downs, those are the memories that I had as a kid were the vulnerable moments where it was hard looking back saying, oh, I wish I had a little more privacy there. But there was a film crew that needed to capture this moment because they needed some drama, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever get mad? You're such a lovely human yes. being. Like, <laughs> do you ever get mad? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. How do you Don't how do you, how do you deal with that anger? Cuz so much of so many of us can relate to that with that cycle breaking. It's like they get angry about what has happened to them and how to reconcile. Oh man. I I get mad about things and usually it'll end up in tears if I'm just overwhelmed and mm. mad, you know, like mm. crying to my husband. Mm. Um but then other times if I'm upset because my kids, you know, mm-hmm. just glued something to the table, then <laughs> I'm like, guys, this is not okay. I yeah. think there could be a righteous anger. It kind of gets their attention a little. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> well, they are all boys, so you just want to weaponize your, your, your tears <laughs> a little bit. You get that. You get Call that. Call them in line there. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And then there's, yeah, I think there's a productive anger too, which mm-hmm. can lead to um, change. So yeah. uh yeah, I think when you get so fed up with something that you're willing to speak out, then that's more of like a righteous anger because mm-hmm. you shouldn't be silent sometimes. Um, especially when you know somebody else is being hurt. Okay, so, so why now then, Jill? Why are you why the why is the book happening now? Cuz I know how it is for me. I'm like I'm not ready. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to tell everything and I don't know how to say yeah. it. How how is it that did did you hear it from did you get a like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was yes. your uh-huh. higher power speaking yeah, through Yeah, so you? we, 
Yeah, Derek and I had talked about it for a while. And again, I wasn't ready. I don't know if I would have ever felt entirely ready if I just sat down and thought like, am I ready to put this out there? Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes you will do things for other people that you would not always do for yourself either. So whenever I realized that people were continuing to be harmed because of the belief system that I grew up in and just how I felt like my story could help other people and even potentially my siblings um, and people who might have grown up, you know, reality TV or parents who have kids in um, the spotlight or whatever. Yeah. I felt like all of those people I potentially could help. And so whenever the benefit kind of outweighed some of the risk for me is whenever I felt like I was ready. Um, And I don't know if I felt like I was completely ready, but uh, yeah, but I was like, I'm, I'm ready to do this because I feel like it's needful. And I feel like that it can help a lot of people. Uh, Derek is just, you know, it's so funny because you're, you and I can see myself in you in that, like, I lean on my husband a lot. Um, and, and I find that to be okay. You know, like I never really got a chance to be single and healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. so there is always a part of me that's like, gosh, I wonder what that would have been like for me to be in a really good place in my life Mm -hmm. and like not have the man to be the answer, you know? Um, Uh but honestly, like when I look back, it, it really was like a godsend that he like came into my life when he did. And like, Um, no matter what you believe, like people are put into your path because there's just so many options. Like the fact that we even could line this up for you to, Mm -hmm. you know, pop up on the screen and for us to chat is it's all sort of happening, right? Yeah. In real time. And so all you can kind of do is just be like present and grateful for it. But, you know, I, 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 he and I still have, um, our, our differences, but the longer we go, on the same path together, the less differences we're having. I feel like we're, and that's what I see in you guys. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like you guys are a really great team. Yes. Derek is amazing. He really, um, I feel like sometimes I don't give him as much credit as I should, but he, he is so, yeah, he's like that steady to my life that, um, I'm just so grateful. Like you were saying, like Mm -hmm. God really brought him to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't even know how much he was going to be my advocate um, when I needed him to be. Because I, starting out, like when we met and got married, I didn't know that, you know, we were going to have differences with family and yeah. all of that. I just kind of had this naive, like, thought process of, oh, it'll we'll always be on good terms with family. And this yeah. will always be how it is. and. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did, was he in the church with you? I forgive my ignorance. Was he in the church as well? No, no, you're great. Yeah, he was not, we didn't go to church together. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he was a Christian and he had grown up actually not super far from me, probably about 45 minutes from me, but we had never met until my dad introduced us. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait, why did so, why did your dad introduce you? It's <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. So my dad introduced us because um this was like back in the day whenever yeah. uh I say back in the day, it's like not super long ago, you know, it's like yeah. 2014. But um my dad had actually Derek was working as a missionary in Nepal um for two years after he graduated college from Oklahoma State University. Um and so he 
was needing like a few prayer partners and his church was really small. So he had to go outside of his church to um, locate more people for this like requirement for his sending organization. So um, he was um, contacting people in the local area and Mm -hmm. he had recently like been to my parents' house just with a group from his church who are kind of like fans of my family, some of them. And they were like, oh, let's go Christmas caroling at the Duggars house. And uh, so he had been part of a group that came there, like just Christmas caroling, like didn't really know I'm, him or anything. I'm sensing a Hallmark movie here somewhere, but it's also, yeah, <laughs> might be Lifetime. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's how he kind of like somewhat connected. And then he reached out to my dad later via like contact information on my family's website and all. He's like, hey, I'm in the local area, like um, checking to see if you could be a prayer partner. My dad had a soft spot for um, mission work, anyone doing mission work. And then also Derek had lost his dad when he was in college. Um, Interesting. So suddenly. So he he became prayer partners with my dad, um, and he would contact him. And anyway, they kind of got to know own. each other a little bit that way without actually knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad, the more he got to know Derek, kind of like set us up ish. Okay. So, so that's really interesting. So I, it's funny. Cause I remember, you know, my dad, he's since passed and he really wasn't, you know, the best husband, but I mean, he, he did his best and he grew up really rough and had mm-hmm. a lot of demons, but he did mm-hmm. not approve of a single man that ever was with me. He told me one time mm-hmm. this crazy thing. He was like, Christy, you, you belong with a prince. And like, he, mm-hmm. He was completely serious. Like he literally thought I was going to be Meghan Markle or something. And <laughs> that was before Meghan Markle, way before. And I was just like, dad, what? I was like, I'm like with this guy and it's going well, <laughs> finally. Um, <clears throat> but it really is interesting when, when how dads are with their, you know, their, their daughters. And um, I'm curious. So what's his relate? You don't have to answer this, but what, what is like their relationship now? Because it's kind of like, I trusted mm. you. <laughs> with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it used to be really great. Um, yeah. And he, I think Derek trusted my dad and my dad trusted him. Mm-hmm. But then once we started having some differences um, and saying things that weren't like, we weren't falling in line with everything. Right. Um, it got a little rocky there mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the point where um, Derek had to have some really hard conversations with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and more recently to the point where he was standing up to protect me and say like, this is not okay the way you're treating your daughter. And um, yeah. And so and, I think my dad think- got the picture when Derek was telling him basically like, if you don't, if you keep contacting her, um, directly then i will have to file a protective order he's an attorney so anyway yeah, yeah so it's, it worked it's out pro bono. <laughs> yeah so so that's kind of their their relationship is right now but um uh-huh. yeah yeah okay but we hope for the future that things can get better um but we're not rushing things either with my family we want to have good relationships we want there to be um i, I believe trust. you Honestly, I do, Jill. I believe you when you say that because, you know, we talk a lot about, we've just talked a lot about like keeping toxic people out of our lives. But, you know, two of my sisters I love entirely, but cannot be talking to them right now. And there's mm-hmm. consequences to that. Like I don't get to see my my nephews and my nieces as much as I would like to. And they, mm-hmm. granted, they are thousands of miles away, but 
you know, we can't make plans, you know, that there, yeah. there, things are slowed down while time is still moving forward. And so you're and missing sad and you miss it and so you want to be there and you want to, it does not that you don't care, but yeah. you have to, you have to draw that boundaries. Line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do what's good at the moment and hope for the future that as you get healthier, because that's what our therapist told us too. He's like, you have to work on you. You have to focus on you. You can't yep. change other people. Yep. So when you are stronger, when you are healthier, mm-hmm. when you get to a place where you you're able to do what you need to do, yeah. then then maybe you can talk about putting yourself back in a situation like that with healthier boundaries yeah. occasionally or when you feel strong enough or emotionally strong enough or whatever. Well, and but, I get what you're saying about people pleasing because like as a child actor, like all you're doing is like dance monkey dance. Like you're literally like, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with you guys. It's like you're, you're mm-hmm. groomed essentially. I say it's to be compliant. Your whole thing is yeah. do what you need to do when you need to do it, stand on your mark and say the things and whether you get it was good at following orders. Yeah. And whether it was scripted or not, it still was set up for you. That's like our therapist would say like you, every family has, unwritten rules also Mm. so it's similar to that probably for you where there's unwritten rules that you're like you're saying Mm -hmm. trying to catch the cues so you can fall in line yeah I think what we need is some sort of a blueprint for a reset that you and I don't have to write books about (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like you're the it's like you're the you're the oldest daughter right second oldest daughter second oldest daughter born Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it, it's, it is at funny. The top, how, though. <laughs> what's at the top. Yeah. Is that at, at, at the, the top. top of a very long line, <laughs> but yes. it's so funny how, and again, like everyone has their roles. I was the youngest, but I kind of was always looked to as, as like the golden child because of mm-hmm. my work taking off for it. But mm-hmm. I feel like a, a lot of responsibility for the cohesiveness of my family. And I think that also falls in line with being on the older side of the siblings too, right? You're like, there's memes of like being the oldest daughter (laughs) that like she wakes up at 6am and is like, we're going on a vacation. We're I'm taking care of everything. Here's the itinerary. I don't know if that's you, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. We definitely had a, like, um, had a weight that we would carry. Um, Mm -hmm as the older siblings with so many younger ones looking up to us that mm-hmm. that would be pushed on us to like, if you don't, if, if you're not making good decisions or ones that we would approve of, then look at the little kids. They're going to follow in your footsteps. And if mm-hmm. basically if they have problems, it's your fault. Yeah. So Ooh. no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not healthy at all. So no. that's, yeah, that's definitely something that, um, I bring up in the book as well. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Not only am I feeling the pressure and the weight myself just because I'm that people pleasing personality, Mm -hmm. but then on top of me, there's this whole like group that I grew up in that kind of has this umbrella of authority thing going where everybody's got their chain of command type thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not very healthy because if you get out from under that, they would say like you're in the wrath of God and, like you might have a car accident or something like that. Oh, that might yeah. That's like magical punishment. Magical thinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so how, I mean, how, how did you come back to your faith? I mean, was there ever a time when you were like, I just don't even want to talk to God? There are times that, yeah, I've had a hard time. Like I told Derek, I think it wasn't even like conscious at first. It was just this like processing thing that I was 
really going through some difficult times. And, you know, a lot of times people will say you kind of um, can look at God the same way that you look at your father. So um, I feel like whenever I first started having conflict with my dad, it was something that I had to process and um, work through just my relationship with my dad and realizing that that doesn't have to define me. It also doesn't have to define the way that I view God. Um, And so um, processing that for a while, I couldn't even call God my father because it was too triggering Mm -hmm. Um, because my own father and my relationship with him was very rocky. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, being able to just ask God the tough questions and be like, why, why this, why that? Like you promised that you're good. Like, why is this happening? And, um, Hot all take. of those tough questions. Hot take. Have you ever thought that maybe God is a woman? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I've had, I've, I have, uh, heard that. I have, You're like, um, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you want to go I, theological debate here, but <laughs> no, of course not. Absolutely not. No, that's a hot take. You're right. And God knows what the comments will say. Um, but I just love chatting with you. I wonder what it's like. Cause you know, for me, I'm very, I feel very blessed to live in Austin away from Hollywood. And, you know, I come mm-hmm. into my studio and I'm blessed to also have this space to, to produce, but LA to me is my office. Right. And so when I go home mm-hmm. to Austin, I've found, I've managed to find people that I just really like the moms and like the mom community. What is it? What, what is it like for you to like be, you know, cause when I read your Vanity Fair article, I was immediately DMing you <laughs> and, and I was like, wow, this is really great. You guys are just trying to watch some Netflix and you're just trying to, <laughs> you know, live your lives. And I can relate to that. So what is your, what is your like mom community like nowadays? Yes. I love getting together with moms. I was, um, I, I had a play date last week with um, a mom friend that I like we grew up together kind of, she's a little bit older than me, but she's mm-hmm. got three little boys. Mm-hmm. And so it was so fun having her over yeah. and our boys played super well together. That's the thing yeah. about, I don't know if it's just boys or just young kids, but like when you have your own kids and then you get them together with other kids, sometimes it's easier um, because they will just entertain each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So our boys yes. played really well together, but yeah, I love getting I love together that. in my home or, um, you know, somebody else's home going, having coffee, whatever. It's kind of hard to like go to a coffee shop these days because my kids are so active. Um, <laughs> it's easier to get together with other moms either at a park or yeah. at, a, at my house because mm-hmm. my youngest is a wanderer right now. <laughs> so, but people, but people are going to leave you alone, right? Like there, they, there's no reason for them to, 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 to kind of infringe on your privacy. Generally, do you feel some, like sometimes like that was one thing I had to work through, mm-hmm. and I'm still, I think, sorting through is. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing that I don't have to always keep um, that wall or that barrier up with people that I meet. Um, People used to say, hey, how are you? And it might be somebody that is actually a really close friend, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think that I could share like how I actually am with them because it would it would destroy the image of my family. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was walking through all these hard times or whatever, I was like, I can't tell them because it'll make other people look bad. Mm-hmm. Again, that people pleasing and just the the way that I was taught and the upbringing mm-hmm. honor your father and mother means mm-hmm. like not only obey but like don't speak negatively of them. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's um, kind of a super. When you think about it, it's like you can still honor your father, father and mother by having like complex conversations with them too. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You should be able to um, be treated as an adult and agree to disagree on things mm-hmm. and love each other and have that mutual respect and love mm-hmm. for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Jesus didn't have, uh, he didn't always have great relationships with his family, but he still loved them. I mean, he was pretty angry so, with God towards the end there. <laughs> like, yeah, was, yeah. And, and his siblings, serious... like they didn't get along all the time. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's, that's good to understand. But yeah, yeah. Um, I love now where I'm at just having better community. I have had to be very intentional because you yeah. probably know this too. When you move or when you are in a different stage of life, when you've got kids and you can't just like pick up and go um, anywhere and meet up with anyone when you want to, mm-hmm. you do have to be more intentional. So for a while, like I prayed for friends, I would be mm-hmm. walking around the neighborhood and stop. You're just like looking I for see friends. A mom unloading her stroller, literally like from her car. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, I have kids too. You know, like you're just yes. like, you have to be intentional sometimes. I, I can totally relate. And, um, I, that's why I was like secretly very excited to chat today. And I know you've got a busy schedule and I'm, I'm just so, I just wanted to extend um, support to you and that you're, you, this you. is, this is really wonderful for the reasons that you said you were motivated to do it for the right reasons for not only yourself, your family, but for the other people that are kind of dealing with the same, uh, you know, journey. And so, you know, people don't need to put judgments on this. I mean, I think everyone should, should back you and, and the success of your happiness and your safety and, um, and just your, yeah, like I said, like, just enjoy your pumpkin spice latte girl like thank you thank you thank you cheers and thank you thank you for coming on vulnerable you know i if if we were anywhere closer to each other i'd be like derek and my husband should hang out because i feel like as much as as much as we need friends the, the 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 guys need to be set up too Oh, yes, for sure. They need friendships, too. So supportive husbands should hang out with each other. They're the best together. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Someday, though, we'll hang out. I can't wait to do that with you in person. Yes, yes. So let me know if you're ever in Northwest Arkansas. I will, actually. I will. So where? Oklahoma. Where or Oklahoma? Okay, uh, anywhere in the zone, uh, we'll we'll be like meeting up yeah. for sure. Um, okay, where can everyone get your book, and how can we support you right now? Yeah, so um, counting the cost is available wherever, pretty much like wherever books are sold online. Mm-hmm. If it's not available in the store, I know a lot of my friends were like, "I can't, it's they're out, like they sold out at the store or whatever." So um, yeah, online. Um, yep. I if you follow me on social media, um, where Derek and I are all over social media. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm always posting links on there as well. So awesome. Counting Thank, the cost. Counting the cost. I will be reading it eight. Like literally I'm going to go back home. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to kick myself. And there's an audiobook too for, oh, yes. for any people, anybody who's, you know, shuttling kids all around to all the sports and everything, mom life, whatever. Yeah. When you don't have t- time to take a lot of time to sit down and read, there's an yeah. audiobook, and I actually read it myself. So yeah. it'll be my voice. Um, which, yeah. Sometimes Some it's actually because I don't know. I'm if, like, I can't listen to myself. <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, if you've taken a gander at Jeanette McCurdy's book, which is it is very different. I'm glad my mom died. Um, mm. But but she also did an audio book. And I remember hearing her voice break at certain points. And it was like, oh, wow, this is such a great experience to feel mm-hmm. the connectivity of your words with your voice. So I probably will buy your book yeah. because I want to buy your book. 
and thank and you. also and I will also listen to the audiobook. So thank, thank you, you, Jill. Thank yeah, you so I much. I literally cried every day in the studio. So you'll probably hear that emotion coming through. Amen. Okay. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Keep going and we love you. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> Yay. 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 Thanks so much for watching this episode of the Vulnerable Podcast. To check out clips from the pod, check out the Vulnerable Podcast Clips channel and the YouTube link is in the description. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.